Blood on the Sand, Qatar 2022 World Cup Diary. The 222 FIFA World Cup is Qatar. You will be proud of us. You'll be proud of the Middle East. One of the most controversial tournaments ever. But you can break the camera. You want to yeah, break the camera? Okay, no, you break the camera. Day 9. Cameroon versus Serbia, South Korea versus Ghana, Brazil versus Switzerland, and Portugal versus Uruguay. A couple of days ago, while promoting their crunch final match, the United States men's team's social media accounts posted their two nations flags, but on Iran's flag, they had removed the Islamic Republic crest. In the press conference on day 9, Carlos Quiroz Iran's coach was asked about that. The most telling part of his answer sums football up. He said, I was born in a place in Africa. Some of you know my background. You don't know what one simple ball can do for kids who sometimes for one or two days don't eat. They don't have nothing to dress. And when we stop our cars, we open the cars and we put one ball in those parks. And you cannot imagine the magic moment that happens in the faces of kids, and from sadness, they change in one fraction to a smile. This is our mission. You don't know what one simple ball can do for kids. One simple ball. Football can get so confused, so messy, so complex, when entwined with geopolitics and the struggles between peoples, their rights, their governments and other nations. In 1980, after Iran's Islamic Revolution the previous year, the US backed an invasion of the country by Saddam Hussein's Iraq. The subsequent eight-year war extolled a brutal cost on the Iranian people, with half a million dead or wounded. So, when the US and Iran met 10 years after the end of the war at France 98, some were calling it the most politically charged match in World Cup history. The Iran coach at that time, Jalal Talebi, shares similarities to current Iran coach, Carlos Quiroz. Talebi grew up in Tehran, the city where the Dashti Kavir, the Great Salt Desert, meets the Alborz Mountains before the mountains meet the Caspian Sea. Kicking around an old rubber ball on those streets, Talebi's first World Cup memory was of 1966 and he idolised Bobby Charlton. The US players had security detail on arrival in France 98 and the French FFF and FIFA played down potential threats. All the same, plain-clothed police officers were at US training sessions and in their hotel. During the pre-game ceremony, each Iranian player presented their US counterparts with bouquets of flowers and the two teams posed together in a combined photo. We are all people. We are not enemies, said Talebi. We weren't there to fight. We were there to play sport. When Iran scored two unanswered goals, 
They made history that day, 24 years ago. It was Iran's first ever World Cup win. The people in my country have never forgotten that night and how they danced in the streets until early morning. That was Talebi again. And from the US perspective, Jeff Agoose said at the time, we did more in 90 minutes than the politicians did in 20 years. Instead of heightening tensions, that game did, at least for a few years, bring the two nations closer together, such as the power of football. This is why it makes no sense when people say, stick to the football and leave politics out of it. The game, the people playing it, the nations competing, and their trials and stories are all woven together. From the, the football game played in a brief truce on Christmas Day 1914 on no man's land between British and German forces or the game which sparked a war between El Salvador and Honduras in 1970 to Quiroz's story of giving a football to a group of poor children who have nothing. Football changes the world. On to the football then. And two of the best games in the finals so far lit up the morning of day nine with two African teams, Cameroon and Ghana, involved in two entertaining performances. First up, Cameroon against Serbia in a game that swung both ways. After Cameroon took the lead, Serbia fought back before half-time with two goals in first half injury time and a brilliant team goal, finish off by Aleksandra Mitrovic eight minutes into the second half, put Serbia 3-1 up and cruising. But inspired substitute Vincent Abubakar would change all that. In three minutes, he made a scoop of genius to lob the goalkeeper after beating the offside trap and another wonderful run and assist had brought his team level. The lob was reminiscent of Karol Poborski's chip in Euro 96. If anything, it was better. And though the VAR call was tight, the praying Cameroon fans in the stands had their wishes granted. Cameroon and Serbia, both still alive in these finals. South Korea and Ghana up next. The Koreans were on top early, but fell behind to two first half goals from Ghana. Both goals scored from crosses, a theme of this match. 2-0 down at half time and a mountain to climb for the Koreans. But just like Ghana had in the first half, the Koreans had great success getting the ball into the mixer. Two goals in three minutes from Gyu Sung Cho brought the Koreans level. But Ghana had a different script in mind. Another cross, this time low, bobbled to the back post after a terrible scuff shot from Inaki Williams, which will go down as a most undeserving assist, fell to Mohamed Kudus to drive in low for his second and Ghana's third. It would always be tough for the final two games of the day to match the first two for excitement, comebacks and goals. Switzerland set up knowing that if they committed too many in attack, Brazil's skillful players could easily exploit them on the counter. Instead, they made it as difficult as possible for Brazil to play to their strengths and their game plan almost worked. But for Casemiro, 
an unlikely scorer given the array of talent on display for Brazil, including their substitutes, Switzerland would have had the point they sought. 1-0 Brazil then, and they joined France in qualifying for the knockout stages. Qualifying for the knockout round would also be the prize for Portugal, should they have beaten Uruguay in the day's final game. But it wasn't just team goals on Cristiano Ronaldo's mind. Ronaldo is one goal away from equaling Eusebio's World Cup tally for Portugal of nine goals at World Cup finals. So when Bruno Fernandes' cross came close to Ronaldo's head, the unemployed striker claimed the record-breaking goal. Replays didn't seem to show any deviation, and it appears that Ronaldo was claiming something that wasn't his. The goal was given to Fernandes, and the player who is still employed by Manchester United could have had four, hitting the post and being denied the match ball by the Uruguay goalkeeper Sergio Rochette. Portugal through then, but the incident that took the headlines was a pitch invader. Wearing a shirt with the Superman logo on the front accompanied by the text Save Ukraine, and on the back of the shirt the text read Respect for Iranian Women, he was swinging a rainbow flag around his head. The pitch invader is an Italian footballer who plays for second division Indian side United Sports Club, but is a humanitarian campaigner. Mario Ferri, known as the Falcon, Il Falco, has recently been in Ukraine, driving refugees to safety in Poland. Ferri has a history of pitch invasions. Previous campaigns included Save the Children of Favelas, which he rose awareness to in pitch evasions in South America and Italy, as well as at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Portugal player Ruben Neves came out in support of the of Ferry after the game. We hope nothing happens to the boy because we understand his message and I think all the world understood it as well. For people who feel hopeless and in situations where they feel they're alone and have no support, especially against unbelievable oppression, statements, no matter how small, especially in the football world, can bring such hope and inspiration. Quiroz's one simple ball is not simply itself, but a metaphor. When Jeff Agus said, we did more in 90 minutes than the politicians did in 20 years, he wasn't being poetic. Sunset on day nine, and a day that began with African prayers in the stands answered on the pitch, ended with prayers on the pitch that must be answered by the world. Every country has now played two games and will have one more chance to, as Quiroz put it, bring the smiles for the people at least for 90 minutes, right?